Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Take a seat. Like I said, we have a family, a bunch of families joining us down on the Hawkesbury River. Hi, team. How are you? Hope you're having a great time down there. The weather's beautiful. I hope the flies aren't too bad. And uh, worshiping God by riverbank would be a beautiful thing right now, don't you think? Uh, well, this year has brought a lot of uh, great ways to do church, don't you think? That's a lot of innovation happening right now. Uh-huh. Well, today we are on the fourth week and the final week of our little mini-series called Redeeming Christmas. In the Bible, Paul uses the word redeeming four times, and two of the times, he actually means this, means take advantage of it. There's a bargain here. Buy it. That's what he's saying, and that's the redeem I want to put around this Christmas. Let's take advantage of Christmas. This could be the greatest Christmas you've ever experienced. In fact, I think it is. I think this is going to be the greatest Christmas you've experienced yet, where we're seeing a, a lot of people really look at Christmas differently this year, and, and it's exciting. And we've been, in the last three weeks, looking at Christmas through a different lens. And the first week, we looked through the lens of Christmas is about worshipping fully. And it's about worship, like we just did as a church, whether here or elsewhere, we worship the Lord. Well, that's what Christmas is about, and I love seeing the carols. I love having Jesus as center point, whether it be Jesus the baby or Jesus the Savior. We just worship him because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The second week, we looked at the whole idea of spend less at Christmas. Look through Christmas through the lens of, let's spend less this year. Now, right now, right around the world, they're encouraging everybody to spend more this Christmas, and I get that, to stimulate the economy but I don't think it's worth going into great debt for. And I want to encourage you, Christmas is not about spending. In fact, that whole session is about, it's not really about commercialism. It's not about materialism. It's about getting together. Your presence, C-E, is much more valuable than your presence, T-S, if that makes sense. Your present, you being present, is the best present you'll ever have at a present giving time, is you being present. And that's what that's about. And the third week, last week, we had a great discussion with um, Claire and Marcus about Christmas through the lens of give more. Worship fully, spend less, but give more. Give more of you. Give more of your time. Give more of your attention. Like I said, your presence is much more important than your present and um, I want to encourage church, really grab hold of these things. We're a month out from Christmas, around about loosely. And uh, don't go getting too busy. Allow, enjoy the time. I like to say, smell the coffee or smell the roses. I prefer the coffee. Today we're going to be rounding out this series with a subject which I really love. It's really great. It's about Christmas through the lens of love all. We have worship fully, spend less, give more. And love all. Love's an interesting, uh, an interesting word, don't you think? When I say the word love, everybody thinks of something different. I remember the old sticker on the back of a car, love is a German shepherd. I beg to differ. Love is love, which is a nice platitude, but it's actually not quite right. There's so many different forms of love. Um, phileo love in the Bible, there's four different types of love in the Bible. Phileo love, which is friendship love. Storge love, which is parental love. Then you have eros love, which is romantic love. Then you have um, this other one called agape love, which is the one you see most in the Bible. 
It's God's type of love. It's a love where uh, you, you make a decision. It's a charitable love. And uh, that's the one we're really looking at today, about loving all. You know, Jesus made a comment once. Someone asked him, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. That's the greatest one. Everything hangs on that. He said, and the second one is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He introduced a whole new commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Someone was a bit bold and said, well, who is my neighbor? And he goes into this story called the Good Samaritan where he talked about this guy who got beat up and left in a ditch on the side of the road. And a priest came along and crossed over the road and went around him. And then the Levite came along, a holy man, and looked at the guy in the, in the ditch and crossed over the road and walked around him. But then this Samaritan, who wasn't really well liked, had a bit of suspicion around his life, looked at the guy and helped him out. Lifted him, took him to the doctors, got him fed and helped. And Jesus said, this guy was the neighbor of the guy who was in the thing. Love your neighbor. He saw him as his neighbor. Just before I get into a discussion, just a little thought came to me when I read about that. In Acts chapter 16, we see um, the Apostle Paul. He's actually uh, a bit frustrated because God keeps closing doors to him. A bit frustrated, a bit of a frustrating year for Paul because he wanted to do much more, but he couldn't because God kept closing that door and that door. Then all of a sudden he has a dream. And there's a man from Macedonia crying out to him saying, Paul, Paul, will you cross over to us? And I thought about that passage of scripture where they crossed over the road and there he was in a ditch on that side of the road and Paul has a dream later on and this same guy is saying these same words saying, would you cross over and come to us? So he heads off to Philippi and finds a whole people group there who are desperate need. And I want to tell you, love is that crossing over, not the way the Pharisee and the the Levite crossed over, but when we see someone in need, when we see someone, love is what propels us to cross back over to where we can help. So I'm excited about hearing today a bit about love all, because really God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's why we have Christmas. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to hand over to you, honey, and I'll be back up there shortly with you. Awesome. It's great to see everyone here today and everyone at home. Good to see you guys as well. I'm jingling. Can you hear that? Did you hear that, kids? I wore my reindeer ears this week instead of my Santa hat because I'm getting festive. But I got totally, totally upped by Miss Semi over here who's sporting the Star Wars festive T-shirt, which I highly approve and I hope my three-year-old granddaughter is watching at home because she's become Star Wars obsessed and I'm so happy. <laughs> so very, very good. I have, to, I have to invest in one of those. <laughs> well, I'm dressed. <laughs> You're dressed. <laughs> Very happy about that, Dave. <laughs> light and shade, light and shade. Uh, okay. Uh, yes, so we're on the couch with Dave and Sammy, and uh, before we uh, unpack some of those fantastic thoughts uh, that Rick started with, I thought it would be great for us to get to know Dave and Sammy a little bit better. So Christmas is on. Tell me what's one of your favourite Christmas traditions. Uh, mine is definitely uh, watching Remember the Titans. Um, 
the reason for it is there's, there's some really strong themes in that movie. Uh, you know, unity, um, you know, loving all. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a really good reset slash reminder. Yeah. Uh, putting up the tree. Um, it's quite an event in our house. We have Michael Bublé playing. Um, we have to colour code our branches. Uh, our children take turns each year putting the star on and they have to get on David's shoulders to do that. As they get older, that's getting a little more difficult. Um, but yeah, we love it, we love it. I did see, I saw, it was Walkie's turn, was hey? Walkie's yeah, turn. she's yeah. the mate. Was that really scary, getting on David's shoulders? <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was. I love that. Okay, favourite food at Christmas time? I'm a, I'm a student of food. So, uh, look, I'm, I'm very content with anything that lands on my plate. But I must say, there's nothing like a Christmas barbecue. So, I'm going to say that. I'm a brandy snaps kind of girl. My granny always had brandy snaps, so we make sure we do. And um, the little meringues with cream and blueberries and strawberries. Yum. Yeah. Portable. Dessert. Sugar. Yeah. Sugar all the way. Yeah. <laughs> do you know how to make brandy snaps? I don't. Oh, Teach gosh. me. I don't know how. Claire, do you know how? Right. <laughs> we need lessons in brandy snaps. Love it. Okay. Well, we're going we're gonna to jump into our, our theme of love all. And, you know, when we were thinking about... Uh, who we would get to uh, sit on the couch with us and discuss that, it straight away David and Sammy came to mind because they have an extraordinary ability to love people. So tell us what you guys think about that theme, and especially when we're coming into Christmas time, what, it, what does it mean to you? What's on your radar? What are you, what, what's, what are you looking for? <laughs> uh, so loving all, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is obviously... Um, my family, making sure that intimate spaces, feeling the love um, and the festivities. But, you know, if you lift your chin, you see a lot of need in our community. Um, so I think loving all um, really includes our community. And, you know, Jesus says, you know, you lay down your life. There's no greater love than laying down your life for another. And I think, you know, literally, obviously, we're not going to lay down our own lives. I mean, we have people in services that do, but what does that look like to lay down your life? I believe it's time and relationship. I believe a simple um, good morning or Merry Christmas or as you walk down the street, um, you know, that makes people feel seen. It makes people feel uh, like they have a place of belonging. Yeah, I'd like to extend on that. So um, for those of you that don't know, we're actually from New Zealand. Uh, we get a lot of people ask if we're f um, maybe Lebanese or sometimes Italian. <laughs> but that's cool. That's cool. But growing up in New Zealand, um, we, we are brought up with this very sound foundation of this Māori word that I'm going to tell you guys, and it's called whanaungatanga. And basically what that means is it is a, is a strong collective of people or AKA the village, right? And so the, this, this virtue is it's, it's embedded in our lives uh, from the time that we enter into our village. And so as you grow up um, and you come across you know, certain scenarios or, or certain um, things that happen, you just automatically default back to this thing called whanaungatanga. And what that basically allows us to do is really open up and reach out to our extended family, our extended community, and we don't know how not to love all through that. And so it's almost embedded in our DNA. So I love that. So at, so at Christmas time especially, 
being able to, you know, open up to others. Tell, tell me what about your uh, background, your upbringing, your family life that has sort of informed your choices today? Uh, so I was brought up knowing God. I was a very difficult teenager. Um, I put my parents through quite a lot of strife um, and I did things that I'm not uh, proud of. Um, but through all of those seasons, you know, um, I had people in my life that showed me grace and showed me love. And those seeds that were sown so young uh, never left. And I think that when I look into our community, we have people that may present themselves in a way that is intimidating or we, you know, the modern day lepers where we don't really want to speak to that person or um, we're intimidated by maybe their appearance or their behavior. But I see them as God sees them. I see, you know, an innocent child with a purpose. And I think if we can all look through the lens of Christ and see people for their essence and who God created them to be, you can't help but love them. You can't help but bring that in. And I think, so for me, it's so important because um, I've experienced being on the elder. I know what that feels like. And there were people in my life that loved on me regardless. And I think that if I can do that in return, God is love. And we, we have the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. So if we can step out into our communities and be a beacon, then who knows? Who knows what seeds we're sowing? Yeah, that's good. Um, for me, Christmas was, uh, it wasn't always the best time of year. Uh, I come from a really, really large family. I've got a lot of brothers and sisters, and we didn't have a lot of money in our family. How many, Dave? How many? Yeah, there's a few. There's about 16. And so, um, so you know, as hard as my parents tried to provide for us during Christmas, um, as a young boy, all I did was find myself comparing, you know, uh, my family against other people's families. And so right up into my uh, adulthood, my early adulthood, I carried, you know, some pains about what Christmas was and, and how I felt about Christmas. Um, and, you know, Sam really helped me on my journeys to, I guess, recovery, some would say, um, and, and helped me realize that, you know, I have children. And I have to make, you know, Christmas a, a really joyful and eventful time for not just myself, but for my children. And through that, I've been able to get a real healing through Christmas. So my upbringing, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the best when it came to Christmas, but God's changed that and God's turned that into something good. Yeah, I love very that. Good, very good. Sam, so you said um, your community is very important to you, especially to show love into. We're leading up into Christmas. We're less than three weeks away now. What have you got in mind for your community? Oh, I think that we are so blessed to have hampers here at church. Um, I, I don't necessarily go and ask, do you need a hamper? I just show up. I think um, sometimes people are ashamed of their circumstances, so they're less inclined to say, I'm in need. So I think not asking and just showing up is a blessing in itself. So I think uh, we're so lucky to have um, Hawkesbury Community Services, a church that serves and packs these hampers. Um, I'm really excited about blessing families with those. Yeah. You know, I, I got a little snippet of that. Every Thursday I get to go into Windsor High School and it's an honour. And Strong Nation Community Services has been so generous, but we also um, partner with Hawkesbury Helping Hands. And we deliver food to the school for breakfast, recess and lunch. And you should see some of these kids who you know haven't had any breakfast that morning or haven't had any lunch. The gratefulness on their, their faces when they take it, it's worth it. Not all of them. A lot of them are just having second breakfast or third breakfast, which is great. I don't mind that. That's good. Um, helps them to remember things in class, I keep telling them. 
but to see the gratefulness and really I actually feel like there's a connection because we're showing love by handing them something yeah. we're actually showing love and um, as a chaplain within the school it sort of helps kids want to come up and chat and want to come up and have a talk so love when you actually do something in community opens gates yes. um, practical love actually going out of your way crossing over like uh, the uh, Pharisees didn't the right way. Um, I think we're going to be given lots of opportunities to cross over into a pathway where we can actually be intentional with our love. True? Yeah, I, I also think that it's, uh, it's, it's quite easy to be aware of um, your community as well. Like, for example, I know the coffee shop lady, I know the, um, the food works owners, I know the local barber, but I also know the people at the gym, all the kids ro rolling around on their bicycles at this time. And I'll tell you a story. Last week, there was a young kid that uh, spent a lot of time with us at the foundation up at the park there. And uh, I won't say his name. Actually, we'll, we'll just call him Jesse. I said, hey, Jesse, come over to the car. So Jesse gets off his bike. He's got no shirt on. He walks across the road. And I say, hey, Jess, it's your birthday today, isn't it? And, and, and this young boy said to me, oh, nah, it's not. Uh, that's my fake Facebook profile. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I love you anyway. And he said, and he turned away. But you know what? Those little seeds, those little loves. I, I took time to pull yep. over in my car and, 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 and holler at a friend and, and make him feel loved. So it's, it's very easy if you're very intentional about what you do. Yeah, I think we, uh, a lot of us find ourselves being time poor. So what better gift to give than time? Well said. Yeah, very, very well said. To give your time is something very precious. Yeah. And um, sometimes that's all you can give at that moment yeah. is your time and a smile and a greeting and your attention. Um, sometimes just to stop and look in eyes. I was actually reminded, as Dave was just saying, about a, a young guy at school uh, just this Thursday. I just sat down and chatted with him, and he had my full attention. Yeah. And I realized how much of a gift it was to him. And uh, again, it says, hey, mate, I love you so much. I want to give you my attention. And at Christmas, what a good thing to do. I don't always do this well because Christmas is usually crazy season for me. But there is something about awareness uh, that's really crucial. So some, sometimes the need in our community is very obvious. And sometimes it's very hidden. There are communities where everyone, you know, looks well-to-do, their needs, needs are met, uh, everything seems okay, but we've got no idea what's going on. There can be, uh, you know, all sorts of relationship turbulence or, you know, just strains, uh, you know, at, at, and especially around Christmas time, uh, I know for me, when I lost my mum, the grief that I was carrying that first Christmas, even the second Christmas, you know, like it was, I almost drowned in it that first Christmas. And it's just amazing to have a little bit of awareness of where people are at in your world. You're not going to know every need and every situation, but just like being purposefully uh, aware of where people are actually at at Christmas time, I think can be really, really powerful. And, uh, and I don't think you're ever as aware of someone as, as when you're in their home. I, I, I believe you'll never really truly know someone until you've been in their home. And, uh, and it's really powerful to see how people live and, you know, what's important to them and, you know, how they, how they live their life. I think it's really powerful. And so I think it's, I think it's great to, uh, to, you know, care enough about people to be in their home and, and see those things, especially around Christmas time. But also, uh, you know, there can be a lot of um, really awkward family moments at Christmas time. 
And loving all is a real opportunity for us to not just be a nice guy in the community and do nice things, but to actually epitomise the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and the message that is carried in this incredible story of Jesus coming to the earth and humbling himself to become a human and you know, hum humbling himself to take on humanity so that he could represent us on the cross and in his death and resurrection, uh, you know, be representing us. Uh, and, and so it's an incredible message. And so it, it goes beyond being a nice guy, doesn't it? This message of Jesus. I wonder whether you could speak into some of those challenges around Christmas time for people. I found that a lot of people, when uh, you bless them, they ask why or they think maybe there's a catch here. What have I got to do for you? Um, and I think that's a great opportunity to bring in the story of Jesus because someone loved me so much that he died for me because of the grace of our Father. I think it's just a great platform to say, you know why I do this? Because it's been done for me. Yeah. Yeah, look, I've got, a, I've got a world exclusive right here. Look, if you're ever um, going to share a meal with us, the Dub P family, don't be shy. And uh, we will over-cater. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, we love food. And, and we've had a couple of Christmases probably at the beach or in the park or whatever. We've, we've invited, you know, family to come around and join us. And, uh, you know, and this, this is cool, but, you know, families, they, they do their little feed over there or they're on their picnic rug over here, whereas us, we just kind of like bring everything together. And, and that can get a little bit awkward at times, but I just want to clear the air. Uh, we know how to eat. We know how to eat well. We are, we are currently um, uh, thickening up our uh, youth network. Uh, all, all our leaders over there, we love you guys. Um, so, yeah, don't be shy if you ever get to share a meal with us. I thought you were thickening up the waistline. You know, <laughs> that's kind of what we've all been doing during coronavirus, isn't it? A bit of thickening around the waistline. <laughs> thickening at Christmas time. Yeah, and I think it's, it is a great opportunity, isn't it, to reach out to, you know, those family members maybe that have been on the fringe or we've had a difficult relationship with to, and pull them in um, and, uh, and really show the love of Jesus in that kind of sort of extra sacrificial uh, sort of sense, you know, going that extra mile uh, because that's really what the love of Jesus makes us do, isn't it? It makes us go the extra mile. Yeah. There's definitely a limit to our love, our ability to love, but because Jesus is in us, he extends that further and we're able to love in an extraordinary way. Yeah. One of the things I love about Australia is the fact that from Christmas Eve right through to Australia Day, it's pretty well Christmas. <laughs> You know, and um, the food's flowing and the time's available. And, and I want to encourage everyone, uh, use that time, take advantage, redeem the time to show some love. Um, one of the th comments I heard, I think it was Pastor Brian Houston say many years ago, he actually said, the, the opposite of love is not hate. He said, in fact, they actually go together. The more you love something, the more you'll hate something else. And the more you hate something, the more you'll love something. He said the opposite of love is indifference, that you actually don't notice or don't care. And I thought that is so true. It is so easy not to notice. And I think part of uh, loving all is to notice, to look around. Does anyone here need encouragement? Anyone here need, um, you know, me to mess their hair up or something like that? Or does anyone here just need for me to spend a bit of time with them? And I'm not talking hours. I'm talking maybe five minutes just listening to how their day was. And... Through the whole Christmas period, for some, it's the loneliest time of the year for them. Yeah. And for many, it is. And I'm wondering whether 
the church shouldn't be indifferent to that. It should actually concern us because that's what true love is. Amen? Yeah, love it. So, Dave, you, you t- um, sort of tapped on this before and the thought just went right out of my mind. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's coming, it's coming back. Oh, comparison, that's right. You talked about how when you were younger, Christmas was tight, and so you would compare. And, and I do think that um, there is so much pressure on us to kind of have a, an Instagram-worthy Christmas. You know, the table's got to look a certain way, and the food's got to look a certain way, and Christmas tree's got to look a certain way. Although I buck that tradition because I insist on still having the kids, you know, craft that they made in year four on the Christmas tree, much to their disgust. <laughs> but there's, there is this sense of, um, you know, feeling that pressure of comparison and then, and then sort of some jealousies and envies and, you know, and, and we can get all caught up in uh, those sort of aspects of, of Christmas. What have you done in your journey of healing, what have you done to deliberately focus yourself on the true spirit of Christmas, true meaning of Christmas and not that? It's, uh, it's really easy for me to say I put Jesus back on the throne, God back on the throne where he should be. Um, and, and through that, what I've been able to do is realize that Christmas was never, ever about me and it's never, ever going to be about me. But then I can also make it such a beautiful thing for my children and teach them what really Christmas is all about. Um, I feel like Holy Spirit is tapping me on the shoulder to tell you guys a very quick story of what happens in our house during when the time we put up a Christmas tree. So we put up our Christmas tree as a family. We get all the decorations on the Christmas tree as a family, and then Sam will fix it later. And it's just... <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and all the other mothers in the house said, right? Yeah, we all, look, they're all nodding. Are you at home? You know, you know, we fix it later. <laughs> It's true. I love that. I think as parents too, it's really important. Like uh, we set the example that will flow on to future generations. So we've been really intentional about making Christmas simple. So like David touched on earlier, we have a barbecue. Our desserts are portable. We have brandy snaps and meringues. So it doesn't matter where we are. um, We can pretty much just take Christmas with us. We don't need an oven. Um, And I think simplifying Christmas and making it more about family is so important. And we then set the example for future generations. So our children won't have that stress of, you know, cooking and cleaning and what have you. It's just beautiful and simple and, you know, uh, family sitting around a trestle table with meringues, enjoying time together. Yeah, and, and I think continuing those um, traditions that you have within your family are really important. Um, we've got one in our family where we still have the decorations from when Rico, Tamara, Andre and Waki were like year one and year two. Oh. And, uh, you know, every year they've gone onto the tree, found their way to the back of the tree... <laughs> But the coolest thing is now is that they're all getting a little bit older and they can all see the humor in it. Like, it was so funny, them just, like, lifting them out of the cart and it's, like, three popsicle sticks glued together with a bit of pen written on it and they lift it up and they're like, what is this? You know what I mean? But it's it's so much fun and, and you know, we're going to continue to keep those little ornaments and hopefully, you know, when our kids have kids, they can pull them out of the basket and just have a good old time with them as well. I had a moment this year. So I love advent calendars, you know, day one you open the door and there's something in there. Uh, but I left it to last minute. So we were, the night before, the first, we were 
um, to the supermarket and lo and behold, they're all sold out of like lint and kinder. So I'm, I actually get a bit of an attitude and I'm saying to David, this is not okay. We can't just give them the, you know, $1.50 doors. You know, the chocolate tastes gross. But I had a real moment. I was like, you know, it's not about this. It's not about how much I spend on an advent calendar. It's about, you know, um, bring the children joy and, and them opening a door whether the chocolate tastes gross or not is, is a joy in itself. So I humbled myself and I bought the $1.50 calendars. And they're all good, right? <laughs> right. It's, you know, what little chockey have I got today? So just little changes every year where the Holy Spirit taps me on the shoulder and says, Sammy, is this really important? Yeah, it's been good. I love that, the thought of simplifying, because it does put our focus again on what really matters, which is the people that we wear, that loving them and extending the message of Jesus to them. And I've definitely learnt the hard way, because I definitely spent a few Christmases early in our marriage, where the bar was pretty high, and I was going to have, you know, I had failures in the kitchen. My first gingerbread house totally collapsed on itself, you know, just... Still tasted good. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the point. Uh, one Christmas, uh, and, and I, my niece will probably remember this one, uh, we, we had the rack of lamb and we put it in the oven. We had all the side dishes going and uh, we, we get ready to plate everything up and uh, so that the rack of lamb looks fantastic, all brown and golden on the outside and all the side dishes were ready to go and we, we like had achieved a miracle and everything was hot at the same time, amazing. And we're all around the table and uh, so we say grace and we cut the rack of lamb and it is completely raw, completely raw. And so suddenly Daniel and I, we're whipping out fry pans and we're cutting it up and frying little cutlets. We could have done that on the barbecue. It would have been so much easier. <laughs> but it just, it, uh, it was great. As an older woman by this stage, uh, I must admit, I, we could kind of laugh about it and get on with what was really important. As a younger woman... That would have been the end of Christmas. Christmas would have been utterly ruined. And, uh, and I just want to encourage people to just keep the main thing, the main thing. You know, I was thinking about 1 Corinthians 13. It talks about love. We, we are probably all very familiar with this passage. But, you know, it's, you know, it says if I speak in tongues and, you know, utter mysteries and do all of these things, but I don't have love. I'm just making a lot of noise. And I do think at Christmas time we can have everything perfect, the gifts all, you know, wrapped in the same colour paper and the tree looking Instagrammable and everything perfect. But if our attitude towards the people in our family and the, the people around us is lousy and it's not, it's not showing the love of Jesus, uh, it's just noise. It's just noise. It's pointless, utterly pointless noise. And, and so I think there's a real encouragement that we keep our, our perspective uh, clear and, and that we, we choose people first. We choose the love of Jesus first at, at Christmas time. So I'm more of the way of just tell the kids that's what rare lamb is and eat it. <laughs> just eat the lamb. It's okay. <laughs> loving God, loving people is what Christianity is all about. And I'm hoping as a church, um, you know, we're known for a, a bunch of people who, hey, boy, they love us down there. They love us at that church. And uh, I'd like us to, to keep developing that. This whole thing about Christmas, you know, worship fully, give, um, spend less, give more love all. I think it's a great thing to teach our children. I think it's a great thing to actually get better at every year, developing, especially this one, that everyone deserves to be loved. Yeah. 
Everyone craves love. Everyone does. And that can be shown in so many different ways. The agape love that God has for us is unconditional, it's sacrificial, and, um, and it's non-ending. It has no end to it. And uh, I just want to share with you a little bit as we finish up. I remember hearing this... Uh, I remember hearing this poem once. A bell is not a bell until you ring it. A song is not a song until you sing it. That love in your heart is not meant to stay. Love is not love until you give it away. And uh, Jesus made this comment in Matthew chapter 25. He said this, and he was complimenting the people around them. And it's actually a sign of the end times where Jesus is talking. This is what it's going to be like at the end. And he's complimenting them. He's saying, well done, well done. And they said, why? And this is his response. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And they said, Lord, when did we see you sick? When did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? When did we see you in prison? And he said this, when you did this to the least of these, you did it to me. Who are the least of these? I sat and I thought about it. Who are the least of these? Well, I read through there. I've been that. From time to time, that is me. Every now and then, I need that stranger to welcome me. I need that person to come and visit me. I think we're all the least of these. And then I started thinking about that other thing that Jesus said, which we call as Christians the golden rule. Do to others what you would like them to do to you or treat others the way you would have them treat you. You know, I've been the least of these and I'm wondering whether people that I will connect with over the next few years or next few weeks, days, will be the least of these. Maybe I will be the least of these at that time and I will need the encouragement. You will need the encouragement. You'll need the visitation. You'll need the food. You'll need the drink. I have a short black double shot if you need to have a drink with me at any time that'd be great church let's let's not be indifferent towards this let's let's consciously with agape love on purpose crossing the road to say hey i want to show some love today let's let that be our christmas because i think that changes the hearts of so many people so church is god nudging you a little bit is he nudging your family just giving you a bit of a nudge saying what can you do there's plenty of organizations out there who need help. They, they want to show the love of God, the love of humanity. They want to show that to lots of people. And wouldn't it be great if they had a whole bunch of volunteers saying, hey, I'm, I'm ready to help. Is God nudging you? Is God, sorry, are you prepared to let God mess you up a little bit this year? That's what I think about Christmas. Is God going to mess you up in your thoughts a little bit? Is he going to let you see something that's going to grab your heart? And you're going to actually have this, this, this thought in your heart where you think, wow, how come I care about this? Well, maybe God's messing you up a little bit. He's nudging you and saying, I love them, will you? Will you? This is the least of these. Could you please reach out to them? Well, I'm convinced about it. It all starts with love. And uh, like I said before, for God so loved the world, that he gave. Uh, that's where it's at. Let's not fall into the trap of doing Christmas without love. Getting so busy, so stressed, 
so worried about things that it robs us of what it's really about. And that is to love all, everyone we come in contact with. Can we do that? Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you so much. And Lord, we want to thank you for Christmas. And Lord, as we head into this special time, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to nudge us, that you would continue to just give perspective to what this is about. Help us to not be indifferent. But Lord, help us to walk across the road, whether it be just to greet somebody or help them, to give something to them. Help us be your church and help us represent you well. Lord, we love you and we give you glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this series. Um, I, I have. I do every year. I'm letting it change me a little bit every year. Amen. Well, God bless you, all of you who are down the online camera. We wish you all the greatest. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Have a fantastic one.